Hello, welcome back. So I did this instead of killing myself. Stand up comedy podcast. Greenville. How you doing, Greenville? Happy Memorial Day. Um, hope you had a good uh couple of days. Uh my weekend was really restful and kind of irresponsible. I was uh in North Carolina with my little brother Luke, little brother Seth. We golfed. Uh, in a monsoon, it was like that scene in Caddyshack when, uh, yeah, it, it was it was just it was a really nice course, but we were soaked, and then just stayed inside and ate a lot of food, and caught up with each other. Hope you saw family or did something fun this weekend. Um, it's it's gonna be Tuesday morning when this comes out. I took a day off. Don't hassle me. Um, anyway. Very excited, um, as always, of another um, good week of comedy, and uh, a, a guest today that uh, I really like, a guy who um, um, I've known for a long time, but I haven't uh, got a chance to sit down for an interview, um, super nice guy, voice of an angel, um, Gio Wagner, or George Wagner. As I call him, George is a guy I met in Asheville. He's often down here in Greenville, um, from uh, Canton, North Carolina, which is uh, George says to get to Canton, you go to Asheville and drive west until you can smell it. Home of a paper mill. Um, originally from the Ohio area, lived in Toledo, Ohio. Son of a traveling salesman. Now he's the owner of Computer Support and Consulting. Um, he dresses in all black like Johnny Cash or an Olive Garden waiter. George has been in stand-up for over five years. Um, he runs virtual shows through button-down comedy as well as live shows at the Boiler Room in Asheville on Fridays, which is a very fun show I've done before. Um, and in this interview, uh, I really enjoyed sitting down and talking to G- George because I, I hadn't, uh, you know, heard all of his, uh, his background, his origin story in comedy. We talk about why he was a geek. Growing up, his experiences at Dragon Con, uh, where he met the dude who played Chewbacca. Rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. Talk about, um, you know, George is older than he looks. He looks fantastic. So I asked him about his longevity um, secrets, like why does he look young? So stick around for that. Um, and uh, yeah, so because he was age 13 when Star Wars came out originally, I'll let you do the math. I think, you know, he's pushing 60, but he looks like he's in his 40s. Um, talk about what it was like actually watching Star Wars in theaters and that experience of when he was um, in his teenage years. Um, we, we talk about our beefs about the future. Why aren't there flying cars and teleportation yet? I remember that when I was a kid. There should be flying cars by now. And teleporting for sure. Um, we also go back into the history, talk about Y2K. George and his background in computers explains exactly what the beef was with Y2K. If you're too young to know Y2K, Y2K was um, the year 2000. Everybody's freaking out. Um, and it was a big deal. I remember that. Um, we talk about his, his uh, our, our mutual experiences during COVID. Um, and he walks us through a very serious car accident story. That's very fascinating. Like, um, if you saw George at any mics, um, in recent months, George had to wear this brace and he walks us through exactly what happened with that car accident, which was really interesting. I love Gio. Great dude. Um, 
great heart. Um, in addition to you know doing stand up and being funny, he he also is a a great karaoke singer. So get to know Geo. He's uh he's great. You can catch him on stage in Greenville and Asheville. Look up uh, Button Down Comedy to see the shows he's putting on. Catch him at Sharky's after shows, um, or the karaoke place in Asheville we always go to. I forget the name of it right now. Um, Geo's great. Check him out. Follow him, and um, I hope you enjoy the interview. I think you will. All right, before we do the interview with George. Here's what's going on this week in local comedy. This is Tuesday, so we'll start right with the Tuesday, Mike. Sharky's Pub tonight at 8. Uh, ca- uh, hosts Callie Patsifumi and Amelia Nelson. Also tonight, uh, Art Bar in Columbia, hosted by Patrick Fowler. That's an 8.30 show. Also tonight, at The Odd, we have um, in Asheville, The Odd, hosted by uh, James Harrod, 9 o'clock. On Wednesday, we have a radio room, I believe that's on, by Adam Schulte, 8.30. Also on Wednesday, we have Tom Emmons, Swamp Rabbit Comedy Open Mic at the VFW Post 9273 in Piedmont, 7.30 show. Also on Wednesday, we have the Disclaimer Open Mic in Asheville, hosted by Kerry Goff at 8 o'clock. On Thursday, Jokes Out Loud is back at the Comedy Zone, 8 o'clock show, hosted by Brandon Rainwater. On Friday, we have All Jokes Aside at Habiba's Mediterranean Restaurant at 9 o'clock. That's hosted by Dante Anderson. And this weekend at the Comedy Zone from the 85 South podcast, Leonard Oust. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Friday, June 2nd, two shows at 7 or 9, and Saturday, two shows at 6 and 9. Tickets available at GreenvilleComedyZone.com. All right, that's it for local comedy. Hope you make it a great week, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Gio Wagner. Here it is. You forgot how to hold the mic, I, Yeah, Gio? I, know, I know how to hold the mic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? yeah, there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> Gio Wagner, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I know it's overdue. It's been a while. It has. Yeah. It has, yeah. But uh, hey, you are, you are the best at uh, finding parking out of the podcast <laughs> guests. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even need to call. You knew exactly Spring Street parking deck. You pulled right up. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It helped the first road I turned on have to be Spring Street. So I thought, oh, must be this yes. one. <laughs> Worked out. It's it's amazing how that works. You know, street names and parking yeah. garages. It's, you, know. you just follow directions. I know. I know. I'm an idiot with that. You know, if the GPS isn't perfect, I will not uh, make it there. Yeah. And where'd you drive in from? I was actually in Hendersonville. Hendersonville, yeah. and that's where you live. No, no, I live in Canton. Canton. Which, if you go all the way to Asheville, take a left until you smell it. Okay. A, they have a paper Why does mill. Canton smell? They have a paper mill. Paper mill? Yeah, pulping paper smells disgusting. Dude, it's horrible. It I used to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Ugh. and um, big paper mill, and uh, yeah, it absolutely reeks. One, one, of my, one of my comedy bits actually comes from a true uh, story where a preacher was talking to his congregation about hell, uh-huh. and equated the smell of brimstone with pulping paper. Yeah. So I like, bet they got the message. Then. So I live in hell. So you live you in know. hell. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. yeah. The good news is the uh, paper mill is closing. So well, they're closing that, that facility and they won't sell to a paper manufacturer because they don't want the competition. So whoever moves in there will probably not be as smelly. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. People haven't smelled a paper mill. It's a really distinct. It smells like shit, but like a really distinct kind <laughs> of shit all the time. Like it smells. It's just, it's bad. And yeah. I remember on hot summer days, especially, depending on the way the wind was going, it was just it well, was awful. I take luck- horse manure, cow manure, I take that over. <laughs> L- luckily for, for us, uh, the wind generally blew into Asheville. Okay. <laughs> Are they used to it over there? I had, I had people in Asheville. <laughs> I don't that, mean to hate on Asheville. No, I'd be on Asheville that would say, 
I hate it when the wind blows from the west. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and the, th- the thing is that the people in Canton, mm-hmm. you know what they call that smell. What do they call it? Smell of money. Smell of money. Smell of money. <laughs> yeah, that means commerce is good. Yeah, the economy's yeah. good. Well, that's probably the biggest uh, employer in Canton. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. And now I don't know a lot about your like origin story, your comedy <laughs> origin story. Um, so you're, you're uh, Canton now. Yeah. But um, where are you from originally? Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, okay. Most recently Toledo area. Love it. Yeah. No. You know, I'm Midwest. Yeah, I know. But I lived uh, basically until I moved down here, I never lived out of Ohio. My, my father would get transferred like every two years because he'd get a promotion and they'd transfer. What did your dad do? He was an insurance salesman. Hmm. And then he hit uh, district manager and he didn't want to go any higher because it was all paper pushing. Okay, <laughs> and so we stayed in the Toledo area for the longest time. Okay, uh, Toledo kind of gets a bad rap. It deserves it. Yeah, deserves it. I remember one time I was playing. Uh, I played basketball, uh, the, like AAU travel basketball, and we were in Toledo for a tournament, and uh, we went to see this movie. And I forget what the movie was, but this woman was like. She was talking about how she had the roughest upbringing. She's like, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks in Toledo, Ohio. And we were in Toledo. And everybody in the theater started booing. They're like, boo, we like it here. Well, well today's biggest claim to fame was uh, Klinger from the show MASH. Klinger? Klinger. What's uh, that? Jamie Farr. It, uh, MASH was a show. Uh, I know MASH. Yeah, but... Klinger was the guy who was dressed up like a woman trying to get out the whole okay. time. Um, he was supposed to be in one episode. Yeah, and the, the the response was so positive that they kept him basically the rest of the se- of the series. So, oh, and okay. he's from Toledo, and throughout the uh, the series, he would throw in references to Toledo, the Toledo Mud Hens, Tony Paco's uh, restaurant. Uh, yeah, uh, the and Mud Hens are really good baseball yeah, team. Yeah. Right? When and he be, kind of became the spokesman for uh, Toledo for a lot of things. Okay, and uh, yeah. Um, my my father and mother actually ran into him at a restaurant once, and my my dad made a comment. So I didn't recognize you without a dress, <laughs> without missing a beat. He goes, "I would look great in your wife's dress." <laughs> <laughs> He's quick. Yeah. So that character Klinger was on the whole on the show, and every time he was on, he was dressed as a woman trying to get out of the uh, army. Up until the, like, the last couple seasons, when they lost the one character who was kind of the the uh, assistant to the company uh-huh. uh, commanding officer, and when he left, Klinger kind of took the role, and then gradually got out of the uh, the dresses because he was he was trying to get out but you'd think after like you know five years of trying to get out you'd stop but he went like yeah. he, he went like eight years yeah. in dresses before they finally con- you know got him back into uh, and he was always casual he still wasn't wasn't military yeah he was you know casual he always had the mud hands yeah. hat on and the jersey sometimes okay you know. maybe he was trapped by the bit people liked that he dressed like a woman he could not do it yeah. well uh, well it got him the job he i mean the job yeah. it, was, it was supposed to be like I said, it, was, it was supposed to be one episode yeah and and he's said how thing. would you feel about that like what if you uh like as part of your act, you tried dressing up like a woman one time, or doing something outlandish, and it killed. Well, and they I, said you could be famous, but you have to do this thing every I, time. I, I kind of had that. I did. I do my my preacher bit where I come out with heavy Southern drawl. Oh, I like that one. And and it, it gets really good. And I and I got a what's feedback. What's the open? What's the op- You don't have to do the bit. What's the opening? Word? Oh, the the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you did that at the at the comedy zone. Yeah. And uh, you didn't open with any other words. You didn't speak at all. Oh, I know. The first things out of your mouth was the Bible says, when that, and that's I what. It, whenever I'm that. doing that bit, I, I don't say anything beforehand. I don't talk to anybody beforehand. Because right. if I'm doing it in a new place, they have no idea that, that that's not me. That's not you, right? And you know you have them when the, you get one of two responses. You either get a chuckle or you get a 
oh shit. <laughs> and so I get either of those things, I'm like, yes, yeah. I got them. Um, I, I like stuff like that, though. You know, Jess Cooley has a, a preacher bit yeah. where he's basically in character the okay, entire set. That is so good. Uh -huh. is so good. I, I appreciate that he, kind of bold, like just whatever. Uh, he, 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 he kills me. I mean, uh, when I found out that he's been doing comedy a shorter time than I have, I'm like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, he's because he was only three years in when I met him. I yeah, think. he's he's like he's like about six months less than me. Okay, and um, he has just the f most phenomenal grasp. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can hear something somebody says and m just find something even funnier about it. Mm -hmm. it. It is amazing. Yeah, and the polish on his bits. I was actually uh, talking to some other comics. We're giving Jess a lot of love, but uh, last night. Um, you know, at the karaoke bar about Jess and how his bits are uh, so polished, like they're so uh, yeah. He's his own worst it's, critic. He's he's worked them over so many times, and um, where yeah, and I I I appreciate that because like a lot of the jokes I do, I'll I'll I'm so ADD or like to do new stuff. I'll work. I'll throw out new stuff before mm -hmm. I'll really really polish old stuff. I've got like three sets that like, like my, my preacher bits one of my my favorites and it's probably one of my best most polished ones. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't hear you do it a lot. Well, I don't because I've kind of set it aside to do some new stuff and, sure, and, and yeah, build yeah, up yeah. into it. But okay, whenever I have to have a go to set, that's one of three sets that I'll do. Okay, um, and it depends on whether I've done it there before. Uh huh. But um, always as the opening one. I yeah that one best as an opener. Best as an opener. It, it is best as an opener. Yeah. But I was I actually got feedback once on that on that set. Mm -hmm. And they said that um, the only complaint they had was I should stay in that character the whole set. Okay. <laughs> they and, didn't like and my problem is I drop I dropped the accent too easily. It's, I'd have to really yeah. stay hard. To that kind of sucks. They said, like, we don't really like <laughs> you. <laughs> we like that uh, cartoon you did at the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I could see most of that set working with the, the draw. I just have to practice and practice and practice. I, I see comics do that, you know. Um, well, Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. That's that's not his voice. And I mean, he's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a liar. I think uh, <laughs> most comics are. I th I think no. I think the blue collar comics <laughs> are straight up fucking liars. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, uh, um, yeah, that's not my cup of tea per se. But but yeah, I see some guys like uh, Rory Scovel. You know, he um, I'm, I I I talk about him all the time. But he, uh, I remember he'd go on Conan, and just have a thick southern way thicker and he just deliver it like that like he's this all shucks guy yeah. and not once get into his real voice for a, for a late night set which is a crazy risk in some people's eyes yeah but he's very free to just do whatever so yeah. do you like it's, to improv on stage i don't see you improv a lot on stage, i, I but don't i and like I, when you do the funny thing is is, is I, I can talk to people and, and you know and come up with funny things and do things but when i'm on stage I'm not there yet. I'm not to that level of comfort that I can do yeah. that yet. So most of my like my crowd work is all what I call guided crowd work. Yeah. Doesn't matter what they answer, I'm going over here with it. Okay. You know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just getting them. If they disagree, it's like really. Well, I think that you know, and if they just yeah, I'm a I'm right with her. You know? Yeah. So For you just sure. and so it's it's basically kind of my sticking the foot in there, just testing uh -huh. the water. You know. I gotcha. Um, okay, so uh, grew up in Toledo. Mm -hmm. Uh, mostly Ohio, your life, and uh, what brought you um, down to Canton or where else have you well, lived? Well, we we originally came down uh, to Swannanoa. 
which is east of Asheville. Okay. Uh, my oldest daughter um, was looking at colleges. It was Colorado and Asheville, and uh, fell in love with Asheville. Loved the mountains because mm-hmm. came from Ohio, which is pretty flat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so um, when we came down, we fell in love with it. My business up in Toledo was kind of eh. Uh, so it was at a, a low point. So I said, you know, if we're going to relocate, this would be the time to do it. And mm-hmm. so we, we basically your, your business in Toledo at the time was, uh, was it computer? Yeah. Consulting? Same, same thing. Same thing. And I actually go back to Toledo one week every month okay. and work. And people don't say, well, if you, you know, if you do have a good week there, why don't you go back? Cause, and I tell them, because if I go back that week of work will be spread over the whole month. Yeah. You know, this way I, they know I'm only going to be there the week. It's kind of gets compressed in that yeah. week. So it's a, usually a good week. Yeah. Exactly. If I get away with telling people down here, I'm only going to be here this week, I do it. You know, right, right, for sure. It's like, no, we can't wait till next month. We should do this right now. Right. Who wants to stay in Toledo longer than they have to? You know, I mean, uh, and, and the company it was it your own company? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been self-employed with the exception of two years since I was 18 years old. Okay. Very so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Which is probably longer than you've been alive. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. Uh, how old are you? 34. Uh, let's see that if I was eighteen, so basically, pretty close. Yeah, thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. How old are you? Oh shit! What am I saying? Forty years. How old oh are my you? God. I'm fifty-eight. You're fifty-eight. I'm fifty-eight. Dude, we have some people <laughs> in the comedy scene between Greenville and uh, and Asheville, like fifty-eight. Uh, <laughs> Zasloff is. You look great. You look great. Zasloff is seventy-eight. I know. I kind of think there's like a progression. There's like, I, I, I always, I think this, you're like Zaslov 20 years earlier, which is basically exactly right. Um, and uh, I have a feeling, you know, you know Zaslov looks phenomenal. He's got olive skin, full head of white hair. I don't know what his secret is. Like he's, he's Jewish and does <laughs> yoga. Yeah. Very free spirit. Well, especially all those drugs. Drugs? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cleated sober now. I don't know if he... Yeah. It was that formaldehyde he was drinking his younger years. It really lets you like let go of your inhibitions if you just uh, zonk yourself out for Yeah. yeah. Well that's instead I most people think I'm in my mid forties. Yeah. I think I think it's my Hungarian I'm half Hungarian, half okay. Irish. I said tell me I'm Hungrish. Mm-hmm. But um Hungarian side, I think the the kind of the oily skin mm-hmm. basically helps like, reduce these wrinkles. Wrinkles, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I I have to shower every day because otherwise I feel because yeah, it's like because you just have so much moisture. Yeah, and, and my oil. hair feels greasy. And, yeah. yeah, if I go if I, I good. Good if I skip up. I can skip a day maybe, but if I go like two days, my my hair is like no. Nah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, aside from your genetics, what's your secret at like staying young? You don't even have gray hair. I got a little bit. Just little do you, do you color your hair at all? No. 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 no? Gray right there. Okay. <laughs> um, no, my my dad has a full head of hair. He's in his eighties. Okay, but uh, I I don't know. I, mean, I I don't eat well. I don't sleep well. I don't take care of myself. <laughs> uh, now I don't drink and don't smoke and don't do drugs, which may have something. Yeah, to do, but, you know. Yeah, I think the no alcohol might be a big contributor. How long have you been sober? Forever. Mm. I really. I mean, I've I've tried alcohol in my younger years. Never. You never were a party. I've never. No, I've never been drunk. Oh wow! I have I've had a drink, but I've never been drunk. Well, you should like get drunk. <laughs> Everybody should, says that, or yeah. smoke weed. Well, those are the two things they tell yeah, me. You should get shit faced <laughs> at a comedy show and go uh, up. <laughs> I actually can I can actually do a pretty damn good drunk. I've never done it on stage, but uh, like a, a drunk persona. Yeah, I have a drunk persona. I actually I also have a flaming gay and a redneck and a flaming gay redneck. 
Yeah. Um, I did that. I did the. Fl- on stage. Oh, in this day of political correctness, it's a, it's a touchy one. I don't, so I don't know. But my um my daughter was fourteen before I first did the the uh, flaming gay character in front of her. <laughs> and once she stopped laughing, she said, "Dad, don't ever do that again. That is way <laughs> too realistic." <laughs> It's way too believable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way too realistic. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Maybe he's just doing comedy. These yeah. are all selfish questions. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I stopped drinking. I'm because I want to have like longevity. I think about that a yeah. lot. Like I want to age gracefully, and uh, it's nice when you can be a guy and kind of you know. Yeah. It's it's amazing though that the the things that I've gotten kind of myself into trouble for you know with the you know p- political correctness mm-hmm. have been the things I would not have expected to. Like what? Well, I did a joke. It's a simple joke. It's like, fruit punch. Is that a hate crime? <laughs> yeah. And I got such crap for that. Yeah. I got, I got, I'd first, I, I did it in a, a Zoom room once and the the host, flaming homosexual, <laughs> loved the joke. Laughed so yeah. hard his head was on the desk. Yeah. After the, the Zoom, with people were talking, there was like six to eight white millennial girls that Gave me no end of crap for it. Mm-hmm. It's like really, and then there was even a guy that was like defending me at first, and then he felt the he felt the wave coming. He says, "Well, maybe you're right." <laughs> he just came to the mob. He did. Oh, he did. Yeah. He did. Uh, and even even some people in Nashville, I did it once. They and I and they, I got some pushback on that one. But yeah, most of the time when I use it, you, I, I just, if you, I pick the crowd right, I feel but, like you could add that as like a tag to like. Yeah. Food you can't eat anymore. You can't eat Chick Fil A because they're this. You can't do this because of this. And I can't drink fruit punch because it's a hate crime. Well, it kind of it kind of goes with my um, uh, the wife beater joke I have. Okay, it's like you know we we can't say the n word. We can't say the c word. We can't say the, the f word in relation to the homosexuals. <laughs> but the white t shirt, the right tank t shirt, is still called the wife beater. How did that make it? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think probably because the white beaters are white. But I mean, couldn't it be like redneck pajamas? Come on. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Uh, wife beater. That is a horrible name for it? a shirt. Isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, Why would you name a shirt that? A wife beater. It's not even uh, that short. It's three syllables. Wife beater. Yeah. You just, yeah. I don't know what else. It's a tank. I a hate tank. wearing shirts like that. I remember in, in uh, middle school, uh, that my friends were playing basketball. There was a phase where like some of them started wearing those like out of the basketball court or yeah. whatever. And I got some cause everybody else was doing it, but I never felt comfortable. It was too deep of a V. I wasn't like, like I don't want to, well, I'm, I was uh, more comfortable to crew. I'm neck. pretty, pretty hairy too. So, but You're I, <laughs> but see, I have to wear that undershirt underneath. Cause if I don't, I sweat so much it would like yeah. run down my. It's like oh, yeah. it's not comfortable. Yeah, and you you often rock the Johnny Cash look. You're often all <laughs> I lo- in black. I love black. Or as like somebody said, you look like an Olive Garden waiter. Yeah, yeah. The, which is no, that's great. my line. That's my line actually. That's your uh, line. In the uh, the the roast battle, the roast battle. Uh, someone basically zone, yeah. made the reference of a waiter goes, "I'll have my steak," and I said, "This is Olive Garden, bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm the man. I'm the manager." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, you said you've been in comedy three months longer, or a few months longer than Jess yeah, Cooley, yeah. which means five years, six years. Uh, coming up, six years in December. Six years in December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's it all it, it's all based on a uh, Facebook algorithm. Mm. One day I got a th- uh, thing that says you might want to join the Asheville Comedy uh, Group, <laughs> and so I I did, and I looked at it, and they had an open mic, and I 
went to one of the open mics and I was, I was late so I didn't sign up and I watched it and after watching it I said you know I think I could do better than some of those guys did. Yeah, yeah. And so I tried it and, and first time I went up uh, first couple times I went up I, I was like determined not to have a notes I don't need notes I have a good memory of it. Uh-huh. and I get up there and just blanked. Yeah. So when I, whenever that happened when I, luckily I have all these stories of my kids and my dad mm-hmm. that I can follow and I just you know, pulled one of those out of my button yeah. and with that Uh but uh, where was your first mic? Uh, Fairview Tavern in Asheville. Okay, I don't think I've been there. It was uh, Hillary used to run it okay. uh, way back when, and then uh, she moved it. I don't remember where she moved it to, and then it. Oh, uh, Twenty Seven Club. Okay, and now she's doing it with the Root Bar. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to get up on a Sunday soon. I, I typically am sleeping on Sunday. But, <laughs> but the uh, Fairview Tavern. What was the setup of the show? Was it a? Uh, is it set up like a? Um, they dedicated actually, they space had, for comedy, or is it like? Well, they had a stage. It was you know, they had performance stage mm-hmm. uh, there, um, and then it, it was kind of wide though, so that you had room in front, and then you had the pool table over there, and then the bar over there. Okay. Um, and how many people were in the audience here first night? Um, oh, geez, probably twenty. Twenty. It was decent. Ooh. It was a decent crowd. Yeah, it was a decent crowd. Yeah. yeah. That's a one, real show. That's the real feeling. My my youngest daughter, she's twenty six, but she looks twelve. Uh-huh. And so one time I brought her to uh, one of the open mics, and she's. Uh, it's got sensory integration dysfunction, so she's kind of oblivious to things around her a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So she's there. I think she was eating something, and I was doing my bit. And, and afterwards, Hillary got up there and was like, how can you talk about those things in front of your daughter? And she perks right up and says, oh, he says that stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's crazy when family members see you do stand-up. Were you there on Monday at coffee? Did you see my mom was there? Well, yeah, I heard, I heard your mom was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, very, very scary at first, <laughs> but it was it went amazing. The whole night was really fun, and uh, and yeah, I definitely did not. I picked stuff to say that was not <laughs> dirty or not edgy. Well, I was like, I gotta keep in mind. I I get this from my dad. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did, did, did I ever tell you the story of how how my dad and how how I really? Kind of have this naturally from him. Yeah, why you are the way that you are. Is yeah, your dad. I tell you that. Yeah, t- no, tell me. No. So, as a kid, we're walking in the park, and I think it was like a Kmart. Working a pair, and there's a piece of broken plastic on the ground. Mm-hmm. My dad picks it up, puts it in his pocket, okay. and I'm like, "What's going on, Dad?" Uh huh. And so he says, "Well, I'll be at John's later." I'm saying that really doesn't clarify things. Yeah. He says, "Well, when John's not looking, I'll toss it behind the refrigerator." I'm like, "Why would you do that?" He said, well, at some point in time, John will clean behind the refrigerator. He will find this piece of broken plastic and spend the next hour trying to figure out where it broke off of. <laughs> Keeping in mind, my dad won't be there to see that, but he's having a grand old time just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's making people think they're crazy. <laughs> That's Dude. my dad. But he, do, he, he did get That's his... Like he he does sometimes. <laughs> karma, karma may be slow, but she can be a bitch. Um, my, my sister's wedding, my grandparents... And my aunt Eleanor from Florida come up. Mm-hmm. Now they never run their AC in Florida, but they are complaining about how hot it is in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. So my dad says to my mom, "Hey, you want me to take them somewhere to get them out of your hair?" And she's, "Oh, please." So he takes them. And I don't know where they went, but they're walking along. And he's feeling weird looks coming his yeah. way. Then he realizes Grandma and Grandpa are walking side by side. My four hundred fifty pound aunt. Wearing a T-shirt that has a picture of a bar that says um, uh, "Poker in the front, liquor or liquor in the front, poker in the rear." Oh my God! Is standing next to him. Uh huh. So karma, karma is 
Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It comes back on you. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, man. So you felt, aside from seeing a Facebook ad, um, had you thought about doing comedy your whole I'm, life? I've or, been a smart or? ass all my life. You know, okay. I'm always making jokes. Uh, this, we were at, uh, my ex wife was Jewish, so we were at the temple doing a, a show. It was like a variety show that they had. And, so a friend of ours who's knew, who had known me for years mm-hmm. is there, and, and we're doing it, and I'm making, you know, cr- cracking wise about stuff that's going on. Yeah. And some of them were dirty, and she's like, I've never heard you talk like that. And I'm like, really? You should really get her, stay around me more. I yeah, talk like yeah. This, you know? yeah. So, and, yeah, and Jewish folks have a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do. Well, well there's all the suffering, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like they, you know, they, they, it's either you, you laugh or you cry, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so you fell in love with it right away because you've been doing it pretty regularly since that yeah, that yeah. time. I mean, when I was in eighth grade, a teacher came up to me and said, is, is everything okay? Did somebody die at home? And I'm saying, no, why? Says, well, normally you're cracking jokes and being the class clown. You've gotten awfully quiet lately. I thought maybe something happened. I uh-huh. said, no, I can go back to like, doing the jokes. He goes, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I'm just concerned. <laughs> you're just having an off day or something? I don't know. I, I didn't even notice, but yeah. But yeah, apparently, I, uh, maybe I found girls. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you're not married now. Correct. Okay. Divorced. Gotcha. You out of the dating scene? Yeah. 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 What's uh what it, what is the dating scene like? Are you uh, do you use? I think at 58, do you use uh, apps? I used apps, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually dating somebody now, but yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, has she been to Mike's? Uh, not to. Has she been to Greenville, Mike? I don't remember if she's been to the Greenville Mike. She's been to some some of the Mike's. Okay. But um, I don't think I don't know if she's been to any Greenville for once yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and we, you know, it's not the story we're going to tell anybody else. But uh, we met on Tinder. You did? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell I'm probably yeah. one of the few success stories of Tinder. <laughs> yeah, I have no luck on there anymore. Well, that's the thing with any of those is I, when they first come out, they're great, but then they become the uh, the hookup uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. I mean, uh, in the Olympics, the athletes use Tinder to hook up. Yes, yes, yeah. I heard that story. Yeah, and so. I've also heard that now uh, men have a uh, want to cry about the plight of. <laughs> men for a second but apparently men have a, uh, a disadvantage now in terms of like um well how women qualify men on there and apparently they'll show uh uh all of the women to guys on there even if you're not even in their criteria a lot of women have a filter that says you have to be over a certain height um you and i are both pretty tall so yeah. that's good for us but uh, if let's say you're like you know five eight or something, and the women don't want to see anybody under six foot, they'll still show the five eight guy all of the. So he's just swiping for you know in futility and wasting yeah. time. It's just a time suck, and and the women can get very choosy on there as to well, especially the attractive ones. What they do, and I've I've seen this over the years, um, is the women have all of the options right free. Oh, the really? men have to subscribe to get those. Oh, options. interesting, interesting. It's always been they. Yeah. They They're know, always trying to get you to buy life. Well, they know. They know. See, they they know the truth. The truth is, it's all about the women. It is. And so, if they don't have women on the site, 
men aren't going to come. Yeah, it's like ladies' night. So yeah, get, let the ladies come in for free, and the, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. how it is. And and I mean, business wise, it makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. but it is a pain in the rear because yeah, just what you say. Yeah, you're going to get you know you know fourteen women that have nothing uh, that you're looking for mm-hmm. before you find one that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or, or vice versa, and yeah, it's like evolution on steroids. I think. Yeah. Because yeah, the women, uh, from what I've learned, women are the selectors. They select who's fit to mate, and they they pick who who procreates and who doesn't. And well, uh, yeah. got all the power now. Well, they you know, the, the Bible the Bible talks about the fact that women came from Adam's rib, but they don't talk about the fact that that's where most of his brains were. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like women are pretty empowered on social media. If you're if you're a hot woman now, and you're willing to post thirst traps, you can get a huge following, huge, so, just so, by being gorgeous. Somebody talked about this, and this is is actually pretty true. Is like, if a woman wants sex, she'll find somebody. If a guy wants sex, there's no guarantees. <laughs> well, there's some, but it costs a lot. Even even then, I think I think hookers even have standards. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the fact that some of these guys are stuck in the basement playing video games. They don't have any money. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, the plight of the incel. It's pretty. You see, we we've always had incels. We just called them geeks when I was younger. You know? Right, right. Geeks. I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. That was. Were you uh, a nerd in, in like I high school? Am. I still am. Yeah. It's just it's just what's changed is that nerds are popular now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, when I when I was in high school, you know, the nerd was not what you wanted to be. Now the nerd is everyone knows. Yeah. Hey, he he might actually make money when he gets out of here. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they look more long term. So we do were a nerd in high school. What is that? What did that mean? What what kind of things were you? Uh, into? Did you ever see Revenge of the Nerds? Yes. Yeah, remember Eddie Dweezil with the glasses and the pocket protector? Uh-huh. That was okay. <laughs> that was a nerd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I it like was, that. It was actually pretty on point. Uh-huh. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. I was thinking about that movie the other day. Uh, I love I love that movie. It is hilarious. But like today, nerds are into like I don't know anime or like. Well, see, now Dungeons it's okay. Now dragons. it's okay to be in those things. Back, yeah, every, back, it's, everybody's into it. Yeah, back when I was a kid, if you were into anime, you were you know, you're watching cartoons, and if you were into you know conventions and, and those things, it's like yeah, Comic-Con, you're weird. Yeah, like you know, I I was going to Dragon Con before pandemic. We went six years in a row. Okay, and we'll probably we're not going this year. Maybe next year we'll go. We'll start going again. Okay, so you were uh, into comic books as a kid? Oh God, yeah. I yeah. have I have a class. now. I was to be the the epitome of geek. I was. Uh, a forward-thinking geek because okay. I would buy like three or four copies of the number one issue of something. Okay, read one and not touch the other three. Okay, and so there's still I have like Moon Knight three you know three copies of the first one. I've got Nova. why'd you get three copies just so you'd have a mint condition and, and backups? Well, no, because I, eventually I figured I would sell them. Oh, okay, I was thinking. Oh, obviously, yeah, you could sell three of them. Yeah, one. Yeah, and and the one you could read because if you want to break that spine, it's not worth as much. Yeah. Have you seen Forty Year Old Virgin? Yes. <laughs> you yes. know the book collection he has. Uh, no, the, the I toy a, collection and stuff I, yeah, in I his that, apartment. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I have I have a bit about uh, sex robots. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And my, my anyway is, is you know, um, let's be serious. It's not coming out of the box. Do you know how much it devalues when you take it out of the box? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, nerd I'm with a sex robot who just wouldn't even use it. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to use it, but you know what? It's it's more valuable in the box. Yeah. So do you still you still have your collection intact and in, in storage somewhere yep. or like at, at your house? Yeah, it's in um, it's in my extra room. Yeah. Do you know the value of the collection or the? I or don't, but I have a, being the geek. And the computer guy, I have a database with every comic and what I consider it's it's a condition. Okay. And so I could basically, you know, probably look up most of those. Okay. Um, and if they think they're really valuable, you know, pay the money to get them actually, you know, valued. Have you ever sold anything, or are you just kind of hanging on to it? I'm hanging on to it. Okay. I I would give it to my daughters, but I've seen how they take care of things, and no, it's <laughs> it's I'm, I'm, it's going to be in the casket with me, or I'm selling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's very cool. What's your what's the favorite? You said Moon Knight. What's your favorite collectible that you have? Um, well, I actually I one of the few that I paid more than face value for was the first appearance of the X Men. Okay, it was like I think it was one ninety four of, uh-huh. of the current X Men mm-hmm. group, and I paid I bought that one. Uh, but Nova was one of my favorites. I actually Nova? went to Dragon Con. I made a Nova costume with the Dragon Con. Okay, me, and it was it was a damn good costume. Too. Yeah. Uh, but I also learned a, ver- a couple of very important lessons. A, no helmets. Yeah. Because you got to put them somewhere when you sit down. Right. And your visibility is awful. But more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, a one-piece neoprene bodysuit is a bad idea in Atlanta in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was squished by noon. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah, and neoprene is waterproof, so the water stayed in. Yeah, so you're just, yeah, you're sweating a lot. Is, yeah. uh, my my biggest Hungarian. My biggest biggest mistake, though. Yeah, scantily clad uh, women and a skin tight neoprene. Did, <laughs> did you, were you getting excited? You I, I I I gave out some pics that day. What oh can I say? Yeah, gosh, yeah. 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 I, I learned very important. You got to have a cup. <laughs> is, there, is there a hookup culture at Dragon Con? Oh God, yes. Like the Olympics? God, yeah. I you mean, I, I never, I never had firsthand access to that, regretfully. But uh, no, yeah, there's. Oh yeah, you hear some, some real stuff. And the thing is, it's the, the talent, the the actors and actresses, and, and the, uh-huh. the yeah, you'd see them in the like morning. The, the um, famous people. Oh yeah, they're trying to you'd, get some from the fans. Uh, or fans or the other famous people, but you'd come in to the morning panels uh-huh. and they'd you know, this would be like 10 o'clock panel uh-huh. and they're coming in in their robe and slippers because uh-huh. they just woke up because <laughs> <laughs> they were partying all night long yeah that's probably a cool vibe okay so you're, you're a celebrity you party all night you throw on you oh, know yeah. sweats and flip-flops yeah. roll up to the panel and be like yo let's talk okay. about breaking bad or did, did you ever watch uh torchwood no uh, did you watch Doctor Who? No. Okay. It's uh, gentleman uh, John Barrowman. He was also. Uh, did you watch uh, Arrow? Arrow? Arrow. No. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a big comic God, you're book not, guy. You're not a nerd I'm at all. I'm faking it. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, he is. Uh, he is flaming, and he is hilarious. Uh-huh. And he told stories that if you or I were to do these things, uh-huh. we would we would have been fired right from a, by HR that day. Right. And I mean. He tells stories of the one one female uh, actress is is got her hair with big rollers. She's sleeping because it's so early. She's like this, and he sticks his penis in the roller. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's assault. I know. <laughs> and the woman he does this to is like no big deal about it. She's like, yeah, he does. It's like, yeah. Uh, what? He, in he her had, hair roller. Yeah. 
Dude, he he it had Louis C.K. look like I a know, saint. I, well, one of the other actors who played on Arrow with with him was saying, he "says It's not fair if I did any of that stuff. I'd be I'd be gone. I'd right. be gone." You know? Did he tell these stories on the panel? Oh yeah. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. Are these hey. recorded or are these just like kind of like? No, they're recorded. Okay. Oh yeah. This guy just didn't care. No, he doesn't. Uh, but he it, it was funny. He was. He oh, was but he's a gay guy, though. You said. Oh yeah. Oh well, if you're gay, do you get a pass? Like I said, that he, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you do. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, David, David thinking, can I pretend to be gay? <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't think I've ever had that impulse oh. until now. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. interesting. Well, he, he's uh, he was laughing so hard uh, at, on one of the panels that he fell over backwards in the chair. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> they just hopped up. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because like these people are like voices of comic book characters or like uh, real, you know, live action yeah. actors that portray the characters. But that's all on set. So this is like these these conventions are like the one time they get to interact with oh, fans, yeah. right? Yeah. So they and, probably ham it up like crazy. And and here's the thing: I I got to because of this, I've gotten to meet certain actors. Mm-hmm. Um, LeVar Burton. Okay. Uh, hilarious. Uh, the guy Reading play- Rainbow? Yeah. Yeah. Guy who played uh, Harry Kim, uh, who played on uh, uh, Voyager. Okay. Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. Wonderful guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Zachary Levi. Okay. He played Shazam. It was in uh, a show called um, uh, Chuck. Okay. If you've never watched Chuck, Chuck's excellent, by the way. Okay. Uh, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh-huh. Got to meet John Cusack, one of my favorite John actors. Cusack? You John met John Cusack? Cusack? Asshole. He's an asshole? Oh. Dang, I was most excited about I John know. Cusack. I was too. What'd you say to John Cusack? Nothing. He, he He's doing, I watched him, as a friend of mine was, was paying for one of his autographed pictures. Uh-huh. So we get up there, ladies ask the name, leans over to him, hands him the marker and things, and says the name. He then signs it, goes to the next lady, she hands it to uh-huh. Spelled the name wrong, he had to go back to He didn't say a word. Huh? Not a word, just... Mm. You know, and he's got a frown on his face the whole time. He's like, he does not want to be there. Yeah. But he's charged like $75 a picture. Yeah. It's like, if you, come on, if you're going to at least smile for yeah, people. You know? uh, yeah. Zachary Levi is out there talking to people who aren't even buying pictures yeah. from him. Yeah. He's just enjoying it. You yeah. know, it's like, if, sure. if you don't enjoy it, don't be there. Exactly. You know, you know who was like that was uh, the David Koechner, the guy from The Office and mm-hmm. Anchorman, and he did an interview on this show. It's like the proudest thing we've ever <laughs> done on the show. But uh, he was so gracious with fans, and that was the only reason I felt comfortable enough to ask him because yeah. he was, uh, you know, um, he, he was approachable. He was approachable, and he did. Um, I don't know if he's kind of like trying to stay relevant or like stay able to tour and sell tickets, but. They would do his stand-up at night at the Comedy Zone. But then um, on Saturday, he'll do an office meet-and-greet with fans where they do office trivia, and he walks in there dressed like Todd Packer, and he just, like, clowns on people. He's got, like, a cordless (laughs) mic, and he's just walking around the room as people are completing their trivia answers, and he's talking to everyone, every (laughs) fan. Like, they're, you know, uh, the kids who are there to see him, the, the parents. And he came by to our table and was saying what's up and everything, and we'd worked with him through the weekend. Yeah. But I appreciate that. It was very nice. Yeah. And then he left and got a DUI a week later. Oh, gee. Look at him doing the podcast. Yeah. I got to meet uh, Chewbacca. You got to meet Chewbacca? Chewbacca, the guy who played Chewbacca. I've seen His that guy. hands 
are where were he passed away but his hands were huge yeah how tall was he oh god he had to be seven foot seven feet tall yeah, yeah. uh and and his hand his hand was bigger than my my head i mean it's like yeah he said he signed and it was like wow that's incredible yeah but he, he died like the following year uh-huh so, but yeah um yeah it's hard to be a big person i remember didn't he have a cane towards the end i think so yeah 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 yeah, they had to just cast a huge tall guy. They couldn't they couldn't uh simulate that back then. Yeah. Were you a big Star Wars fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When how old were you when that came out? Uh well, the 70. first one was seventy eight. So I was thirteen. Thirteen? Okay. Yeah. Was See, it huge for kids? Oh my god. Your age? Well here's the thing. What people don't realize is back then movies were out Star Wars was in the theater for over a year. A year. A year. Wow. There was no streaming. Yeah. So it was in the theater, and people were watching it 14, 15 times. Yeah. And when the second one came out, mm-hmm. the first one, they started, they put, brought it back to the theater before the second one yeah. was. And people would, would sometimes watch back to back. Right. You know, but now you, you get, you're lucky if you get two months. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So it, they just it, saw how well it was selling, and they're just like, "All right, we'll just keep playing it." Well, back, no... but see, back then movies stayed longer, but a year was unusual. But they'd, yeah. they'd stay for months. Oh, okay. Uh, now you're, you know, most of you know, if you don't see it this week, you may not get to see yeah. it until like, give me examples of other big movies back then when you were a kid that stayed long in the theaters. Oh, jeez, um, um, trying to think. It's yeah. cool, like. I well, really... actually, the original um, Star Trek movie. Okay. Uh, the original Star Trek, the movie. Uh huh. We've we, been in the theater for a while. I like that it stays longer. Yeah. Because, like, it's different from nowadays because now there's so many infinite options of movies that, like, very few people have seen, like, the same thing. Whereas, like, before, um, and I remember this when I was a kid, like, in the 90s, it was even like this, but if everybody's watching the same movie, it kind of like gets embedded in the culture and there's like this kind of collective excitement about it and this connection that everybody has. Like we're all in common enjoying this piece of... The closest we have now are the Marvel movies. Right, and they suck. I'm just kidding. I don't like Marvel. The the, the really funny thing is that that, um, you have... It's not even just that there's more movies out... There's more places to watch a movie. You can yep. watch it, you know, on, on Netflix. You can True. rent it. You can you don't you don't have to go to a store to rent it. You can rent it without yeah. leaving your house. You can watch it by yourself. You don't have to yeah. be with people. Yeah. And, and so the theater, dude. I love being in the theater when it's sold out, and like everybody's there to see a movie. <sighs> Haven't felt that in a while. Dark Knight was maybe the last time I remember. Yeah, and then what happened in one of the one of those movies is somebody came in in costume and started shooting up the place. Right. Like, yeah, and then then of course people were like oh, I don't know if I want to go to the movie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's stupid. So. School shooters ruin it. Or yeah. Yeah. But uh, same thing, kind of with um, movie rentals in the nineties. Yeah. Because um, uh, that was one of my favorite things. My, or you know, we go to the movie store, Blockbuster, Family yeah. Video, or something, yeah. and my mom would let us pick out, you know couple of movies maybe a new release and um we knew we only had it for three days or or so yeah and you had to return it or they give you those huge fines so we would like i looked at it like i want to watch these movies as many times as possible i would re-watch the movie as many times as i could before it had to go back and i would memorize them did you ever see et yes my oldest daughter Mm -hmm. 
loved watching E.T. We went through three VHS tapes. She wore them out. What? And then she wore out a DVD. She would watch it like back. We had to tell her, okay, no more than one time a day. Yeah. Because she would watch it like over, back to back to back to back to yeah. back. It was her favorite movie at the time. And yeah. It's like, so physical, good. I mean, I, I, have, I still have videotapes from way back when that are fine, but she wore these things out. That's crazy. I didn't know you could wear out a VHS. Yeah, because it goes somewhere and starts getting, you know, scrap, you know, uh-huh. gets artifacts on the screen, and yeah. eventually they'll even break. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I remember VHS. A lot of our, uh, we still have some at my parents' house. Um, the thing that I have a lot of VHS tapes of was Seinfeld, because I met a kid in uh, fourth grade, or no, I think I met Ori in second grade. So a second grader. How old are you when you're in second grade? 10? 11? Uh, yeah, about around eight, there. Yeah, I think about eight, eight or nine. Eight or nine even, and yeah. And he was obsessed with Seinfeld. An eight-year-old. <laughs> because his parents watched it. And like it was very funny yeah. to them. And uh, this was like you know, 97, 98 when Seinfeld was about to go off the air. And I remember being in a van... Because his parents had one of those old full size vans where they had the TV in the van and the, the we, big my dad seats had and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I remember like we were carpooling to like a basketball or something, and in the van we were, like I distinctly remember they were watching the finale of Seinfeld that they had taped, and uh, I was like, "What is this show?" And Ori's like, "Dude, it's Seinfeld. It's great. It's on you know." And uh, because it wasn't on DVD. Um, we would. I'd have my mom go to the store and we'd get uh, VHS, blank VHS tapes, and we would wait for it to go on syndication and we would record. So we built a database of Seinfeld episodes on VHS, just recording them off of it, and we'd go back and watch those over and over yeah. again. We might, yeah, we had. And we that had became a comfort thing. Like we had I, one of those vans too. It was great for trips because you you have a table you could sit at with food with TV in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's almost like a camper or something. Yeah. But that's what they need to do on the new, uh, you know, electric cars, car drives. We can sit in the back, watch TV, and eat. I agree. Don't they have those? Don't they have a TV? Don't they have like you can watch stuff? Well, actually, at this point, at this point, you are supposed to. You're still supposed to be eyes on the road when someone's, yeah. someone's supposed to watch on the road. Yeah. So eventually, though, it'll get to the point where it's yeah. it's deemed safe enough for sure. As soon as that happens, once it's like consensus safe and you can just not even drive. I'm getting whatever car that is. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to... 100%. I do so much driving. I would be in line for that. It's worth so much money. Think about the amount of time you could save. You could sleep. You could sleep. You could write jokes. Like, a lot of times, you know, driving up to Asheville or, like, you know, yeah. somewhere else, I'll try to write in the car because you run out of time during the day or just, like, think about stuff, yeah. but you're kind of distracted. Well, being, being that I'm alone in the car, Siri is a wonderful thing. I can, I can dictate. Oh, you dictate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's almost like that would almost make flying obsolete. If you can make a car really comfortable and you can just put in a destination, go to sleep and wake up and you're there, that to me is better than plane travel because... Well, it's like the anesthetic I had when I had surgery is that you just appear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, see, they, could... see, they lied to me as a kid. We should be having flying cars and teleportation right now. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I that's not even that far back because I remember as a kid, like yeah, that, like I would draw yeah. doodles of like I drew a a, a hover car. It was like a con, it was like a concept I was trying to design, and uh, yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. Like I'm sure by you know 
mid two thousands, we'll have hover cars. Well, by well, you know, by when I was a kid, by two thousand, we were supposed to have some really cool stuff. It's like all we had was basically a a, 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 a blockbuster bill that was fourteen million dollars because they didn't have the year two thousand figured out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Y two K. Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah. Oh. You can I was I was involved during that time in the computers, so I knew very real well about. Were that. you worried that something bad was going to happen? Well, here's the thing: it you you get a lot of people who talk about it like it was no big deal. I don't know why they made that, such a big deal about it. Well, they made such a big deal about it so that people would fix it, so it wouldn't be a big deal. Had they not made the big deal about it, they wouldn't have fixed the stuff. It would have been a big deal, right? So it's like which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you you know do you have the problem before you fix it, or do you fix the problem so you don't have it? Right, you know, because they, there were still some examples where somebody brought a, a VHS tape back, and it said that they rented it in nineteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So the the late fee was like astronomical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and think about that in a airline computer, or in a train computer, or in all, you know all these factories that have computers. If they hadn't fixed those things, and back then, these programs were created when there wasn't a lot of memory. So you had to be so it was all two two year dates that every time a date was used it was a separate entry there were no loops and nested none of that yeah. so if if there were you know a hundred places where the date was used you had to find and fix a hundred places wow so there was a lot of COBOL programs were raking it in because COBOL was a dead language by then but that's where most of the stuff was programmed in especially in the financial industry COBOL COBOL no T and okay. And that's where most of the uh, financial community was still based Using that their stuff. language? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so they, they had to switch to what? Well, no, well, they first had to They had to get somebody to come in and fix the stuff. Fix it in COBOL. Right. So these COBOL programs who had retired, yeah. they're going to come out of retirement, they get paid $10,000 to fix this thing. It's like they, were, yeah. they were raking it in. Yeah. Uh, it was an old joke uh, uh, where a COBOL programmer you know, just raked it in in 1999. He put himself into cryogenic sleep for uh-huh. for two years. Just wanted to make sure that you know he was past anything that was that was going to happen. Did he actually do that? No, no. It's a, it's oh, a joke. It's a joke. Okay. And so... He uh, he's awakened and he sees these people in the lab coats and they're kind of looking at him funny, and the guy says, um, "Well, there was a, a a glitch in our computer system. And you were asleep for ten thousand years, and uh, the the president wants to talk to you about the uh, the Y ten K bug." <laughs> <laughs> he came back again. The Y ten K. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Make a big deal about it so it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, if that same logic applied to COVID. Let's sound the alarm a little well, extra. It, it kind of, it, well, I don't know if it's kind of extra because it's one of those things like if you don't put the fear of God into people now, then what what could happen yeah. it, it will happen. Yeah, you know, and, it's and, true. And I actually, the first days of COVID, man... And, that, and that's the thing, you know, people who poo-poo like the mass and say, well, it, was, it wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't that, it, it, it was bad, but it could have been so much worse had we not worn masks, had we not Taking stayed home. Yeah. Yeah, because, it, yeah, I remember what freaked me out was because uh, I, I remembered things from my stats class about, like, exponential growth. And, like, I started to, like, try to, like, go back and look at the models. Yeah. And when you looked at the case counts, it was like the... Uh, what is it? The science of uh, pandemics. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Is it epidemiology? No. Maybe it's epidemiology. No, ep- that's uh, bugs. Okay. Whatever. The, it's it's like a statistical law that this is going to spike. The curve is yeah. going to exist. And sure enough, it did. 
It's just a matter of to what degree. All they want to do is they want to flatten as much as they, they can. They want to flatten it until it, it made its, its ran its course yeah. through. Well, the, the big thing about that was the fact that it was, it was not a question of stopping you from getting COVID. Mm-hmm. It was a question of delaying you getting COVID until there was a treatment or prevention of it. Right, and that's what all we these, knew more about it. We didn't right. know much. Yeah, so it. so basically, anybody who got it early on, mm-hmm. chances of them, them dying was very high. Mm-hmm. So if you could postpone even by six months you catching COVID, that increased your likelihood of living. Right, right. And, you know, by the time I got COVID, I got it uh, Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, no, the year before, and uh, by that point it was like Delta. Yeah. Very. And so it was it was not that bad. It was a minor flu type thing. I had been I'd had two vaccinations. Uh, I was actually about due for my booster when I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. Had that happened two years earlier, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I know. I know people who who died from COVID. Yeah. And it was I mean, they were they were strong, Mm -hmm. healthy individuals. And they think it would have taken you out if you had gotten it early. I think we're taking most people out. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, because so. you're old, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, what, what really was for me is that I had uh, other health issues during the pandemic. Yeah. I had a cough that made me pass out six to eight times a day for a year and a half. What? Try getting that diagnosed during a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, turn, you know, basically, and I went, I went to everybody. And we're talking while driving. You coughed yourself to pass out while driving? I came to on the berm of the road more times than I can mention. What? Dude. Luckily, I didn't stay out long, but Mm -hmm. still. And if I didn't pass out, I would oftentimes have blurred vision. Right. And people would say, well, did you you pull off? No, I had blurred vision. Yeah. All I did was basically try to remember what I saw last and took my foot off the the gas and just kind of coasted until I got vision again so I could stay on the road. It was was awful. Man. And then... uh, um, I had some sinus surgery that, that finally took care of that, and uh, since that that time, which has now been two years, mm-hmm. I've had like two, three incidents. Yeah. Period, and that was a long time. I haven't had an incident of passing out in okay. over a year. Good. I've had other issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that because you had like a car accident. Uh, was this was this because you, you blacked had, out on a car? No, no, that's no. just it. I I got through that stuff without a problem. Yeah. This was some guy fell asleep, crossed over the midline, and hit me head on. Dude, so yes, you're attracting narcos. I had to nearly die to have the funniest bit I have. The funniest bit I have is is about my accident. I've yeah. got more laughs for that than any other bit. It's like, yeah. I had to nearly die to get that. That's that's commitment to comedy. <laughs> so, so this guy fell asleep in what? He crossed the middle line? It was Yeah, it was uh, in Asheville. Uh, he basically, it was a four lane with a turn lane. So I didn't even see the car until it was like right in front of me, which actually saved me. Uh-huh. Because uh, when when he hit me, I am 100% confident that my foot was still on the gas. Mm-hmm. And people said, well, why is that good? Because if it had been on the brake, it would have been locked. Yeah. If it had been locked, my whole right side would have been shattered. It was already, ba- I mean, I, I got fractures and, and messed mm-hmm. up knee, messed up ankle, mm-hmm. two fractures in the lumbar, two fractures in the pelvis, and, and it would have been shattered if it had yeah. been locked. Yeah. So that that little piece of information, just the, it was on a curve, so I didn't see if it was right in front of me, saved, my, saved me. Wow. I would probably not be ever be walking. Yeah. That. Yeah, I remember after that happened, you would come to Mike's and uh, you had a back, back brace, brace yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. Could, 
Yeah, that was that was that was a great opener though, because I basically said you you might remember remember me. I was an extra from The Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> yeah it looked kind of like a fanny pack or something. It yeah. had this really. It, it looked yeah, it was good, good, good. Yeah, I I actually had to wear stage. it for the first time in a long time uh, about a week or so ago. Okay, uh, but uh, I haven't really I don't really wear it much anymore. I don't yeah. have to. But you know, I've I've had back issues since I was sixteen when I. Uh, Messed up my back in a uh, stock room, and then a couple of years later, I uh, was cl- going up a ladder, and the ladder broke, and mm-hmm. I was carrying something that came down here. Mm-hmm. So I've had some back issues, and I've always had that kind of that certain level of achiness. Yeah. And now that level's just a little higher than it used to be. Yeah. Did you uh, have to have surgery on your back? Not on my back. I had to have surgery on my pelvic because the pelvic bone actually came out. What? Well, because of the seatbelt and the p- force here, it torqued the... So uh, you, you had... You had your pelvic bone just yeah, sticking I have, out? I have a what I call my half C-section scar right here. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fun. That would trip me out. Well, what I didn't, were you thinking? I, actually, did, I actually didn't get to see it because it was under my clothes. Oh, okay. I just knew I was in pain. Yeah. And here's the thing. Were you when screaming? It, were you just quiet and shocked? Were you... Uh, I, I don't know if it's shocked. I, I, didn't, I didn't scream. I was, I was kind of probably moaning a little bit, but... Um, it was the most pain I've ever had in my life, and I actually was looking for my inhaler because uh, the coughing thing gave me asthma, mm-hmm. so I had that to deal with too. But um, the the accident gave me the most pain I've ever had in my life. But here's the thing. You have no control over that. They wrench the door open. They say, okay, we need you to lean forward so you can get out of this Honda Civic hatch, uh, coupe. That, uh-huh. It's like, no. We want me to lean forward. They don't want me to bend my neck because they don't know if I have spinal injury. I can't do my legs because that's where it would be worse. I had to lean forward. So I had to purposely inflict more pain on myself. It's like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that you're thinking about. The accident, you have no, no time to think about it. But here it's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Is there anything that like activates in your mind of like like to, to shut it off? Like it's so much pain that like you can't even register it? Like, Well, I, I think after you know you had the intense pain of the, like the eternity, shock, I think, I think you kind of just you distracted with it, dealing with everything else. And yeah. I had, I had glass in my hands from the windshield mm-hmm. for two months. I was still finding pieces of glass. They said that that would happen because it, it would, it, the body would, would push it out over time. Mm-hmm. So we got in pretty deep. And yeah. the thing is, it's, it's glass. So it's like, I can feel something, but I can't see it. Right. So I'm like trying to get it out. It's like, oh my it's gosh. Like, you can't even use tweezers because you can't see it. Right. It's the, it's like really small pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and some of them were actually bigger than you think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had uh, so how, knuckles. Were. So you, you, the collision happens. Yeah. How long were you sitting in the car before somebody came? Not that long. Um, I think because of where it was, there was a lot of people around. Uh, they they were probably within minutes. Some They were wrenching the door open. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, the, the real funny thing was my phone. <laughs> my phone was in shock. Uh-huh. The, the touch screen wasn't responding. Okay. So they, they got my phone and I, I tried to use Siri to call my daughter. Because I was on my way to pick up my daughter uh-huh. to take her to work. Um, uh-huh. So the call didn't go through. I didn't know this. The call didn't go through. So she didn't know. Right. So she's freaking out because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be picking up. I'm not answering phone call, not answering text, nothing. Right. And so uh, the... EMS guy puts the phone on the, the gurney. And they have me on a backboard because they don't know if I have any back injuries. Uh-huh. So when I get to the ER, they take the backboard with me off the gurney. Uh-huh. The phone stayed on the gurney. Uh-huh. So when I got to a room, I had no phone. Yeah. I don't remember numbers. Yeah, yeah, me neither. The only number I remembered was my ex-wife's because it's one number off my number. Yeah, yeah. And so 
uh, it was like two o'clock in the morning when I finally got a phone. Yeah. And then my phone, I I put in the the lost mode and put my room number, and it finally made its way back to me. Yeah. But I'd forgotten how to turn it off without swiping because the screen's not responding. Yeah. So I finally got that going and I rebooted it. It was fine. But up until then, I couldn't use the phone. Yeah. And I so I had to call my ex-wife and ask her to call people. Oh, my gosh. And then she was freaking what out. Because, you know, my daughter's like, Dad didn't pick me up. I haven't heard from him. And it's like, that was at 9 o'clock in the morning. Right. And I imagine you're pretty reliable. Like, yeah. that's unusual. Yeah, so it's very, very, very unusual. Yeah. Everybody was, was a little freaked. Dang. How many days in the hospital did you spend? I was in the hospital for a week and then I was in rehab for a week. Holy shit. So, and they, because of the way it fell, they make the decisions on uh, Monday about who's going to be released. I actually was in the hospital for a little more than a week and then mm-hmm. in rehab for a little less than a week. But when I got to rehab, because I'd been in the hospital those extra days, mm-hmm. I was off the walker and, yeah. and moving around. And uh, when I got in, they have uh, red, which means don't do anything without help. Mm-hmm. Yellow, you can go to the bathroom without help, but anything else yeah. you need help. Um, green, you can walk around your room, okay. Blue, yeah. you can walk around the whole facility. Mm-hmm. So the first day they gave me a yellow. They said we didn't give you a green because if we gave you a green, your insurance company would say, "Why is he here?" Yeah. <laughs> but I was, at that point, I was pretty much walking normal and stuff. Yeah. Was there any part of you that enjoyed being at the hospital? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I really, I, I mean, I, I, I had. Uh, it was that painful. Yeah, I got. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't that I just have a low threshold for boredom? But I yeah. hear you. But yeah, the pain—the pain—you uh, you, sh- you know, like when I just did this chair here mm-hmm. would have sent just pain everywhere. It right. Would. And um, getting out of bed, just sitting up mm-hmm. and rolling over, just any of that was going to the bathroom was an endeavor. Yeah. And it was one of those things that you basically kind of line yourself up at the toilet and sit down. And if you miss, I don't care. I'm not moving. Yeah. We'll clean it up later. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> The only reason I asked if you enjoy it was because, like, I I had back surgery in 2020 during COVID, and uh, I actually enjoyed being pampered by the <laughs> nurses because <laughs> I never really am. And I was like, oh, they're like they care, <laughs> they're like helping you with stuff, but um, it it you do kind of feel totally zonked out on the pain meds they give you. And uh, you're just kind of chilling. You have no obligations. You're just like. Well, my my uh, doctor didn't like opioids, uh-huh. so uh, yeah, I did get uh, uh, oxycotton, which is good. Because when I had my sinus surgery, they gave me oxycotton, mm-hmm. and a friend of ours, uh, ex nurse, said the first night, do what they say, don't try to tough it out. Mm-hmm. So my daughters are with me uh, because I just had surgery, and so I take one of the oxycotton's and. I'm talking fast. I'm talking fast. I'm talking fast. I'm talking fast. I, said, I, don't, I feel like I'm talking fast. I'm talking fast. And they go, yeah, Dad, you're talking fast. Uh-huh. So and I read, apparently a very small percentage of people have the reaction to Oxycontin that they get hyper. <laughs> I'm one of them. Yeah. So Oxycontin was not for me. Right. Um, yeah, plus the debilitating addiction you could get. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> hospital life. I only had to spend one night in the hospital. I remember, because it was back surgery, I still couldn't move. I was like, you know, it was, I didn't trust anything. It was so inflamed. Yeah. But, uh, it was, once somebody brought me my technology, I was better. Yeah. 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 I had my phone the whole time too. So I could watch movies and, yeah. and just chill out. But sometimes, you know, it's vacation at the hospital might be nice. Well, my biggest, and this is my PSA. Everybody listening. It's, 
on your auto insurance. Mm-hmm. Bump up your uninsured, underinsured motorist as, as high as you can. Wait, your Does motorist it, was uninsured? No. It was underinsured. Underinsured. And here's the thing. It doesn't cost much to add that. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's not like liability or collision. It, it costs... Go from hundred thousand to three hundred thousand was like twenty two dollars a month. Okay. okay, but they had the state minimum. State uh-huh. minimum was fine for fender benders. Yeah. Okay. He had fifty thousand dollars. My uninsured motorist was a hundred thousand, so it covered from fifty to a hundred. Uh-huh. My medical expenses for just the week there and the week of rehab was a hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> so you we're talking, uh, and then uh, you know after I've, I've had buy meds and stuff since I had physical therapy afterwards. Uh, lost two months of work. I uh, had uh, you know pain, pain and suffering. Got nothing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so if I if I had known then, I'd be sitting real pretty now. Yeah. PSA. Bump yeah. up that underinsured. Yeah. yeah. Because stuff. and all that does it, it just protects you. Yeah. So you know you you're, you're basically just increasing your own protection. So you know three hundred thousand, even more than that if you can't afford it because mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. And the guy that. I was in the same ambulance with a guy, and basically they said, uh, they noticed track marks. They said, Are you, uh, said I'm an ex drug user. So, <laughs> so I said, It's not like I could, it's not like it's a hedge fund. I could say, You know what? Sue that bash. No, yeah. it's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get, you know, fourteen ninety five a month. You yeah. Know, get a, get a uh, Netflix subscription out of him. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. But you feel good now? I feel I good. Yeah. I'm playing volleyball now. Okay. You know, uh, I tried volleyball a few months prior, and, I was like, my game was like at 50% of what it used to be. And mm-hmm. the next day I was like, oh my God, that, I'm, I'm sore. So I said, okay, no, not yeah. yet. So I waited like two or three months and I, and I started playing again. And I'm about, I'm about 90% uh, of what I used to be. Okay. And uh, uh, the pain the next day was like mildly more than the ache I don't normally have. So yeah. it's worth, I'm willing to deal with that. Right. But I have sure. noticed that my, my level of acceptable pain is higher than it used to be. Okay. Uh, I mean, you always strike me as somebody pretty even keeled. Like you're not. Yeah, and I was in decent shape, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was slightly overweight, but but I was physically active. I played volleyball two mm-hmm. one to two times a week, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm always going places. I'm doing a lot of walking for sure. So, for that aspect, that that probably uh, was very important to my recovery. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, who's your favorite comedian? Uh, George Carlin. George Carlin. Robin Williams is up there too. Uh, yeah, it, yeah I, I like some of the older ones. Uh, Stephen Wright, do you know Stephen Wright? Yeah, of course. Oh my God, Stephen Wright. The thing about Stephen Wright, Stephen Wright has to have funny material because it's not in his delivery. Yeah, his, his delivery is like, so deadpan. Yeah, where my so his stuff goes. has to be good, and it, it's like hey, Billy, it's, super sound of the sound. It's always up here. One of my yeah. favorite bits of his was was he's at a job interview and he's he's the guy's talking and he just interrupts him and says. I got a question for you. If you're in a car driving at the speed of light and you turn the headlights on, does anything happen? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Emo, Emo Phillips. And Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips. Always, Emo Phillips is always in Asheville on the, on the week of Dragon Con. <laughs> So we what did you pick? You pick? Did you pick Dragon, Dragon Con? Con. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. gotta go Dragon yeah. Con. So I was like, was like I, uh, he, he's hilarious too. And his again, intellectual comics. I love mm-hmm. the ones that make you think. Yeah, hundred percent. I um, now when you were watching these guys, I mean, you were you probably grew up with them, you know, like eighties, nineties, yeah. and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious. 
Because, like, I actually asked Cody about this, too, about, like, or he made the comment that open mic scenes, as widespread as they are today, that was not common, like, you know, back in the heyday it's of more comedy in the 80s and 90s. Like, now there's there's comedy scenes everywhere. Yeah. Towns like Greenville, small place. And, uh, like, if unless you live in New York, Chicago, or L.A. or something, there's not an obvious foot in the door for comedy. Yeah. And it's it's very different. Like, well, were you even aware of local comedy like back when you were? Uh, well, yeah, there was a t- comedy club in Toledo that I would go to to watch comedy sometimes. Okay, uh, but yeah, as far as open mics, I don't have no idea if there were I, back then. I know there are now, mm-hmm. but but the thing too is that if you go to New York or L.A. or Chicago, you are now in, in Greenville. You know, you're here. Mm-hmm. In those places, you're here. Yeah, yeah. I know. Back of the not line, even we're just, about to figure that out. Not even just talent-wise, but you are now new. You and and I've heard stories. You know, they have the the buckets. Yeah, the bucket spots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have bucket spots, but they don't one hundred percent follow the bucket spots. They have certain people that will always get spots. Okay. Yeah. Preferential. And and you know, um, Trevor Noah. Uh-huh. After he would film the Daily Show, he would go do open mic comedy, and he would hit like four clubs. Uh-huh. In that night, uh-huh. well, he can do that because he's going to go in there. They're going to put him on right away. Right. You and I go there. We're going to have to wait three hours just to get on one of them. Right. The other one's going to be done by the time we get right. to them. You know. For sure. So that's you know that's you know, yeah. he he has that advantage, and yeah. so with the comics of some reputation in the area. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be starting from scratch, and that's yeah. that's tough. But yeah. there's also advantage to that as well because you are now going to have a virgin audience. Yeah, they've never heard your stuff. The other comedians have never heard your stuff. Right. And open mics, a lot of times, it's mostly comedians. Mm-hmm. So if you go uh, to a, an open mic every single week and do the same set every single week, the comedians have heard it. They're just going to ignore you. Yeah. So it's all about the audience, and and you know you're going to have new audience members sometimes, but sometimes you have regulars there too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be harder after you've been there longer to, if you don't have new stuff. Right. But right off the bat, you guys will have a few weeks of pristine time because everything you do is new and if it, yeah. was, if it works if it was funny here it's going to be funny there yeah. but it's going to be new there so it's going to yeah. be funnier yeah for it's sure. like when i first started down to greenville you know i've been doing jokes in the nashville area that the comics had heard i come down uh-huh. to do the same jokes get 10 times as much laughter because it's new yeah when sure. i go to ohio it's new uh-huh. yeah yeah that's the uh that is the nice thing yeah so that's why it's also good to spread your your you can go to areas around because mm-hmm. when I hit Knoxville, you know, again, it got yeah. much, much stronger response because yeah. they've never heard it. Right. And you also find out what works and what doesn't in different areas. Yeah. And what laughs are coming from, you well, know. And, and I learned, I learned uh, very uh, well how important it is to read an audience. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, doing a show at Lake Lure and there was a, a group a table that they were just not good they were talking to the comics and yeah and, and we had like ryan rubin who's really good at that mm-hmm. and he'd he'd go after the guy he did and the guy would roll with it and come back with something even funnier yeah oh that's the worst well, that and it was it was, it was it was it was painful to watch because i'm like i gotta go up after you know uh, towards you know yeah. if you and it's like these guys it's like they're wild. gonna eat me alive yeah. i don't do that and so i i said okay i'm not doing the set i'm gonna do I did my preacher set because my preacher set grabs. Yeah. And they didn't say a damn word. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that first one, it's such Probably. a powerful start. Yeah. That they were, it, it, I grabbed their interest and they didn't talk. Yeah. Because I. Lake, this is at Lake Lure. Was it a yeah. deep Southern kind of crowd? Um, I, I couldn't say. The, the prob- biggest problem was because of the weather, they brought us inside. And instead of being outside at the end of the lounge with the bar at the back, we were in between the bar and the lounge. The bar had no interest in listening to comedy. I got you. The lounge did, but the table that was problematic was in the lounge was right in the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Rubin tells this guy, talks about, he was in the, the guy was in the Navy. He says, yeah, you know, talk about submarines. He, 100, 100 men go down, 50 couples come back. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, we used to have orgies. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not the response we, we were hoping for. Yeah, just laugh at it. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> uh, what's the favorite place you've ever done comedy? Favorite stage? I really enjoyed um, Laughing Skull. Yeah, Laughing Skull was good, and I was uh, uh, I was going up. I was waiting to go up, and the host was was just complaining because the three comics in front of me, he's, he his words they they all bombed and they were all running long. Okay, I'm a geek. I've got my stuff in a database with times, so I knew my set was was three minutes and fifty four seconds. <laughs> okay, and it was the preacher set. Yeah. And Laughing so, Skull sets are four minutes sharp, by the yeah. way. They'll play so, you off. So I Three minutes, I said to him, I was I was feeling good. I was a little cocky. I said, okay, I'll bring him back. And <laughs> I went out there and I did my preacher set. And it went really well. And I came off and the guy said, three minutes and 57 seconds. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I blew it. I went over by three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were laughing. I had to wait. Right. I know. I know. Nice I, oh, God. I did get, for the first time, I did get a solid... Laugh break wasn't there, but at, at a show, a laugh break where I had to wait. Yeah, that is such a great feeling, isn't it? I was at a, a early on, about a year and a half in, two years in. Um, I took the um, Charlotte Comedy Zone workshop, mm. and one of the guys there, an Indian gentleman, had this great joke, mm-hmm. and we're watching him, and he does this joke, and the audience just dies, and they're laughing. And they're laughing. You can see him not. No, he didn't bring water on. He's that kind of. You know, we we can see it. He's kind of not sure what to do. They're still laughing. Yeah. And he's like, and I lean over the comic next. I said, "Boy, I bet you he wishes he brought a bottle of water now, doesn't he?" <laughs> but I mean, it, the feeling is wonderful. But it does get to the point where, like, okay, when do I? When's yeah. enough, you know? And they were yeah. laughing hard. It wasn't like they were still chuckling and it was trailed off. It wasn't trailed off. They were just, yeah. it was a great joke and, and he delivered it well. And, yeah. and, and that it has to be one of the highest points in his, in his time at that point, but also one of the most uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause it's like, when do you, when do you step on it to say, okay, stop, t- yeah. stop laughing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think some comics, like you get that uh, killer instinct of like, if they're laughing real hard, you wait just long enough. And you use that time to think of what to say next. And then you get them again and again and again. Um, I don't know how to do that, but I, that's what I imagine. Some of my best uh, jokes started out small. And then I'm on stage and, and I just make some smart-ass comment at the end. It's like, ooh, that worked. I'm going to add that. And, yeah. <laughs> and they just keep getting a little longer. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, Laughing Skull, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that stage. I think Astral Music Hall might be one of my favorites. I was thinking I, about that last night when I was the, up. The uh, only problem there is that there's so many comics, it, it, it gets a little frustrating. There times. are. 
Me. There are, uh, but it, that room when it's oh gosh, oh, when yeah. it's going well, like they always have they always have decent crowds. It's cool, like because it's um for anybody who hasn't been to music hall, it's like uh, they it's the you're sit you're standing on the floor on a rug, and there's chairs right around you, but it's lit like a stage, so they're all right there, and I I really appreciate if like you know when there if there's laughter, they'll they'll kind of be like. Uh, People at the bar, you can kind of feel them start to pay attention. And then, like, if it keeps going well, then, like, everybody's watching. Yeah. And it's kind of, oh, gosh. It's just such a good... You feel like you're, like, in the crowd almost because it's everybody's so close to you. Yeah, they, um, I they, like that even a little better than Comedy Zone. Comedy Zone, you're high up and you're, you're distant from them. Yeah. And you kind of have to, like... With, wait on the laughs. Or, they used to have it on the stage. And they moved it down there because of yeah, that very reason. Yeah, I, I was kind of intimidated when they had Music Hall on the stage. I didn't yeah. like that as much. Yeah, um, uh, yeah Music Hall, they, they always seem to have a good crowd. And the funny thing is, is they will announce the five, you know, give it the five-minute warning, and there's like a quarter of the seats are full. Yeah. By 8.05, every seat is full. And there are people standing in the back. For sure. It's like the, Asheville just has this thing about not getting there early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, that can be kind of nice. Well, for the audience, actually, I guess... Um, but I was going to say Coffee Underground, one of my favorite mics now. I mean, yeah. because we're starting to get a regular crowd there on a Monday, and uh, it's pretty darn cool. Another one I like, and regretfully it's also on Mondays, I haven't been to it in ages, is the Evening Muse in Charlotte. Evening Muse. It's actually a mixed mic, but they have set number of spots for comics. Okay. And if you're out of town, they'll put you on earlier. Okay. Is that a cool stage setup? It is. It yeah. is. It's a very tight area. Mm-hmm. Because it's a small bar, but they cram a lot of chairs in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, one of the times I did, I followed this like sixteen-year-old girl who just sang like an angel. <laughs> yeah. And I went up there and I said, "I'm really happy I'm not singing right yeah. now because yeah. she was so good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should have tried. <laughs> oh, I'm well, that's oh god, that's the thing about the the year and a half that I had this coughing thing. Uh-huh. I couldn't sing, and like, yeah. my sinuses. I couldn't. I couldn't get anything high at all. Yeah, and that's the other thing about you. I want to brag about that you're a uh, a great karaoke singer. Well, thank you. I very much enjoy because when we go to Sharky's or you know um, what is it called Lazy Diamond, Lazy Diamond in Nashville, where we were last night, it's a good time. There'll be um, the list. You're usually one of the first people to sign up and start the night, and you'll always sing like a very uh, a song that I really enjoy, like uh, Lean on Me. Yeah, I, like that strong. I like that song that you sing. I usually try to open up with one of the more um, karaoke friendly songs, the ones sure. that, that the people will sing along with and yeah. get involved with. It. What other songs do you sing? Remind me. I won't remember. Um, I'm a Believer by the Monkees. Yeah. Um, Shrek. Yep, yep. I do. Um, uh, the new One of my newer ones is You Got Lucky by Tom Petty. Okay. Um, How does that one go? You got lucky, babe. When, when, I, fi- when I found you. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. That's fine. I'm not remembering it. Tom uh, Petty. Every song he has is a hit. Yeah. It feels like. And then uh, I do a lot of Billy Joel. Love Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Piano Man. Do you sing that? I haven't done that one. Um, I've done uh, one of my the three I do most often are Summer Highland Falls, which nobody knows by the name, but when, I, when you sing it, they go, "Oh yeah, yeah. I know that song." Yeah. Uh, you may be right, and My Life. Those are the the big yeah. three I do. Um, my Life. I love that song. Yeah. I've, uh, the one of the guys at Sharky's always likes New York State of Mind, so he always asks yeah. New York State of Mind. Uh-huh. Um, 
I've done um, New York State of Mind. That's Jay Z, right? No, no, that's uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. Oh wait, ha! I'm an idiot. What's the song? It goes New York. Is it? You think about is it New York, New York? New York, New York. Well, there's that that he did he did a version of the Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, there's that one. Yeah, that's just called New York, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do a couple Frank Sinatra. Uh huh. But yeah, I I like a lot of the ballads. Yeah, yeah. These are fantastic, and you have a you have a good strong good singing voice. I appreciated. Yeah, last night at Lazy Diamond, Alexis left early, but she had signed up for a song, so I just agreed to sing the song <laughs> she picked, and it was a disaster because I didn't know the song. It was Criminal by who else? Who was that? Oh, um, Joe Haley Joe? No, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I didn't know it, and you, you yeah, you took a video. I, I, I just watched the video you sent of, of me trying to sing that. It worked out though, Alexis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A girl helped me sing it, so that was nice. Yeah. I wish yeah. I, I wish I got the beginning of it when you were talking about being a girl, though. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The lyrics are "I'm a I'm a bad bad girl" or something. <laughs> I'm a bad bad girl. <laughs> yeah, but uh, karaoke is a good time. I love karaoke after mics. It's like the same. And, it's good vibes. It's more relaxed, yeah. but it's like still and, and yeah. Granted, I'm a singer. Um, there's so many people there that that won't go up. And especially when this uh, Sharky has some great singers, there. Mm-hmm. and yeah. one of those singers will go, and they go, "Oh God, I can't do that." It's like that's not about that. It's about just having fun. Mm-hmm. So I can tell people my sister is tone deaf, but mm-hmm. she loves to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you, I mean, yeah, even if you're tone deaf, it's not bad. Or if you can hit the notes, but you're not, yeah. it's fine. You pick a song everybody likes. People, will, if you're having fun, they'll have fun. Oh yeah. But uh, my my list, I be again being a geek. I've got in my phone a list. Of songs and there's the checked songs are ones I, I have done uh, and will do again, uh-huh. and the unchecked ones are ones that I want to try. And uh, uh, the list is long. Do you have any that are X'd out that you've tried and yes. you won't do again? Yes. Yeah. yeah, there are there are a few, uh, just not in my range or they just didn't go. Not in your Q zone. <laughs> there's a, uh, a James Blunt song, same mistake. Uh huh. Love the song. Never realized until I did karaoke, the music has no cues. For the for the lyrics, okay. So you got to know that song. Yeah, you got to yeah. know it perfectly, right? Because all that music is doing is it's just the same thing through the whole song, and you're like, so you make here. the melody with your voice. Yeah, there's no, and you know, most songs there's like, yeah, you know, yeah, you it know, you can nothing, drop in yeah. nothing, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know it that well. I'd yeah. have to, I'd have to be able to do it a cappella because the, yeah. the music is not helping me at all. Yeah. Yeah, the song I was trying to sing last night, I was just trying to go off of what the background music sounded yeah. like and follow the words and and just guess. <laughs> and it wasn't even close because then that girl came and was singing how it actually went. I was like, not. Yeah. I mean, I could sing it in a way that kind of sounded like it might be right, but not the actual way. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple songs that, that just uh, I, I can do uh-huh. as long as I hit that first note low. Yeah. If I start too high, you start an octave. Above, I'm like, I'm like, sure. like yeah. well, no. Actually, if I start where it's supposed to be, I'm yeah. Really, but if I if I I can trans, I can usually transpose in my head pretty well. Yeah. If I go down an octave, I'm good. Yeah. But if I hit that, I say I'm toast. Yeah. Because then you'll be like on the ah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. like nothing's coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What's your favorite thing to do besides comedy and karaoke? Volleyball. Volleyball. Easy number three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. you can't do sex in public. Oh, well. Well, you yeah, can. sex. But, you know. <laughs> I forgot. Sex probably be number one. That's pretty good. But, uh, yeah. And, and, right, and second is sex with somebody else, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. First, got to be jacking off, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I kind of, uh, I want to sing karaoke more. I don't usually go up, but it's a good time. What you need to do is just find the songs that are perfect for your age. Yeah. Gotta find something like Q Zone. Because there's there's so many songs like, oh, I love that song, but I can never sing that song. Right. Yeah. right. And then of course there's these songs like, Oh, I love that song, but it's it's like I'm a woman. It's like I can't sing that. Yeah. I'm no, it's like, no, you know. Yeah. Um what's your favorite movie of all time? Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy? Uh Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It's, I have not seen it. Yeah, it's it's good. What's the what's the premise? Uh, they get uh, mistakenly put in jail, and uh, <laughs> the uh, warden has a, a, like a rodeo that he does, and uh-huh. finds out Gene Wilder is, is like a ride a bucky bronco and not fall off it. Yeah, and so. Gene Wilder was uh, Willy Wonka, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's Willy Wonka yeah. and, so and Richard Pryor yeah. mistakenly in jail. Well, they did a bunch of movies together. Yeah. Uh, uh, Silver uh, Silver Streak. Hero Evil, Sino Evil. Apparently, they must have gone along really well because they okay. did a bunch of movies together. They yeah, were, good uh, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was one uh, where uh, uh, Gene Wilder was actually in blackface. What? Yeah. <laughs> And and it, it, I'm sorry, it's funny. And and Richard Pryor's right there, so it's it's they're trying to kind of uh, hide, you know. So yeah. Like, but yeah, it's like it's so. so it, it didn't seem offensive when you watch it. Oh, it was overly offensive. <laughs> I mean, it was purposely offensive. Why was but, he in blackface? Well, maybe he was trying. He was he was trying to uh, to hide from from being whoever's chasing them. Uh-huh. So he's like, and he's just doing the the walk and the the, the <gasps> language and everything. <laughs> it's like. It's like the worst imitation of a black man ever. Yeah. But that's what made it funny. It was so over the top yeah. that he obviously loves his friend uh, Richard yeah. Pryor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that's is, is Gene Wild- He's got to be dead, isn't he? I is think he, he recently passed away. He recently passed away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah that sneaking through is kind of like uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder slipping through the cracks. He was blackface that whole well, movie. Well, and and he he owned it. Yeah, he did. He, he even talked. He even talked about it. He's, he he he. That was his. He he just owned it. Yeah, and he said, you know, that's that's what the role is. And it's kind of like uh, one of my the other joke I sometimes get pushed back from that that I think is hilarious. And most people think it's hilarious, but some people get offensive. And I have to the timing on this is very important. If I'm too long of a delay between the first line and the second line, yeah, it gets it. And that is. Is blackface racist if you're going as a racist? I'm, I'm a racist. That's my co- that's the costume. I'm going as a racist. So is that racist? Because if going, I have to go blackface. So I'm going as a, you know, and that's that's as, and I'm not. That's the thing. I'm asking a question. So, but yeah. if I don't say that second line first, if I say is blackface racist, I hear yes. It's like before I get into the oh, second part. Oh, of course. Part. Well, you do it in Nashville. That's yeah. Yeah, and so, um, but <sighs> but unequivocally racist. Yeah. But you know that—that's one of those. So I have to be careful where I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's definitely yeah. The, fu- <laughs> the the one the the one that I love. There's two PC jokes I do that that hit every time. Uh-huh. Um, one is, and, and I'll, I'll see some people get uncomfortable with the first part. I said, my my girlfriend hates it when I use the N word. 
I have to say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and no, being the yeah, word he's exactly. talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then I've the other one I have is, is with uh, uh, I saw a woman dressed as Captain Marvel proposing to a woman dressed as Wonder Woman. And I know, you know, it's supposed to be progressive and uh-huh. 2023, but there are certain things you just got to stand up and say, no, that's wrong. And I'm sorry, you can't mix Marvel and DC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did that. That's what you had wrong with it. I yeah. did that in Ohio. And I you know, go back once a month, and like two months later, I was there, and some guy walked up to me and said, yeah, I saw you two months back. And that, that joke about the Cat Marvel was hilarious. But I thought, I honestly thought you were in trouble for a minute there. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, uh, the, the mic I go to is a college town, very liberal. Yeah. And if, if I had been the twist, right. I probably would have gotten lynched. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's fun to flirt with those, uh, yeah. you know. Because yeah, yeah. it's all, you know. It's it's all in well, love, I think. It, Hope, some, hopefully, I mean, there's some stuff that you shouldn't do, <laughs> for sure. The, the quote that that somebody said, I forget who said it, and it is so true. Comedians are held to a higher standard than politicians. Yeah. Well, it's to the to the laugh. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's not the highest we're, standard. We're making jokes. It should it should be up here. Yeah. Politicians should be up here. Yeah. You know. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had this. Yeah, I had this thing where like I can't. Ever since I started doing stand up, whenever I watch public speaking that's not stand up, I can't even. I can't even do it. Like work meeting stuff, or like a sermon, or a politician speech. All that shit is so boring to me now. I all I can think is why isn't there a laugh every ten to fifteen seconds? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that if you do public speaking, actually, uh, a lot of comedians, you can actually make more money doing public speaking if you've got some topic to talk about. Yeah. And you interlace it with comedy. Uh-huh. And you will get $3,000 for a job that if you did stand-up comedy, you'll get 200 for. Screw that, though. Who wants to do <laughs> TED Talks? <laughs> well, no, we're not talking TED Talks. You can do, what you do is you do a, a, a talk at a thing about whatever topic is important to you and you have you have jokes yeah. about it in there and i've seen so many ted talks now are you big do you watch uh stuff on youtube like self oh yes or, uh, uh, i've got some, some political or... stuff the thing i've ever having the most fun watching is um um uh um, and, um actually um actually it's basically it's a kind of a nerd game show uh-huh. and the the host has statements about whatever comic books or uh-huh. Tolkien or whatever and there's something wrong with the statement and as soon as you figure out what's wrong you say I'm actually and so it's correct like minor and then the nerd corrects him on like the very specific yeah. reason yeah. why he's wrong and and if you don't say I'm actually it's a kind of like uh, Jeopardy if you don't say I'm actually you don't get the point okay and so um, that's a cool game show it right is there. It, well, check it out on YouTube it, it is, it's really funny yeah and there's a couple of them that take it really serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll they'll like they'll like they'll say, "Well, this is well, that's not what we're going for." But well, if that's true, we'll give you a point. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and they have a whole segment on people writing in, correcting things that they did on the show that were wrong. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> that sounds exhausting. All the, com- the comments in there must be crazy. Like, well, actually, what they said wasn't actually. Yeah. yeah. Fact checking, fact checks, and fact yeah. checking. Well, there's, there's one they did this thing. He says, "Well, you're right, but you did say I'm actually, so we don't give you the point." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, uh, you got any other uh, 
I'm trying to think. Um, what's your favorite book? Ursula Le Guin, The Lathe of Heaven. Wow. What is that? It's a, it is actually a book that a friend of mine said, if you don't read any books that they assign you in school, read this one. Fiction? And science fiction. It's basically the premise is this guy in his dreams changes reality. His psychiatrist realizes this and tries to manipulate his dreams to improve reality. Things never quite work out quite as okay. expected. And it, 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 hilarity ensues. Was that not hilarity, but it's like it's trying to f- keep trying to fix the problem that fixed. But it's just the concept is just so. How long is the book? It's not that long. It's uh, it was uh, paperback. It was about you know. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I could read something that thing. Yeah. What's it called again? The Lathe of Heaven. The Lathe of Heaven. Yeah. Okay. I like and it. anything by Douglas Adams. Okay. I love Douglas Adams. Yeah, I'm trying to get more into reading lately because um, I think I've seen every video on the internet or like, I don't know. For some reason, entertainment doesn't do it for me as much anymore. Like I have a hard time finding movies I really like now. So I feel like I kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, well, you'd, you'd like uh, Douglas Adams too because he has a really bizarre sense of humor. Yeah. Like the weirder the better now is the stuff that I'm kind of into. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a five book trilogy. Okay, yeah, <laughs> five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, one of my favorite lines in it is they. He's, he kind of has this uh, this Encyclopedia Galactica that, uh-huh. and talks about the history and say the archaeologists found definitive proof of God. Uh-huh. But since God says you can't prove my existence, you have to take it on faith. Proves that God doesn't exist. <laughs> this is definitive. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but it's got to require faith. Exactly. God said that. Yeah. So, so that means he doesn't exist. Therefore, <laughs> A plus B equals. Yeah. A plus yeah. B squared equals C squared. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I read a lot of uh, nonfiction. Um. I've been reading like therapy books. I got this one, Body Keeps the Score. Uh, that was recommended by a different podcast guest. Well, yeah, that'd be called Scars. <laughs> I'm like two pages in. Um, do you buy into that? The, that? Uh, the school of thought about psychological trauma being stored in your biology from childhood based on like relatively minor things. Like you don't have well, to have been sexually assaulted or, or abused to have issues based on caregiving here's the thing i i i can see how that word w- would work but i don't think it's carried in the body i think it's still carried in the mind yeah. but the mind controls the body so you have a physical reaction to something because the mind remembers right sure sure it, it, it's kind of blowing me away because i was like this is crazy because i don't remember hearing any of this when i was young or like before like and how new is this body of like research and this was written in 2014 so it's very new so like i'm curious about it but it seems to kind of work like when you start to like poke at things that like what really were my triggers you know like if you have perfectionism or if you were obsessed and worried about you know your grades or what your parents thought of you or like these these anxiety things that everybody you 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 unpeel it and you're like that did kind of come from how I looked at things as a kid. Well, everybody's OCD about something. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear everything. Oh, I've got OCD. Everybody has some OCD yeah. about something. Yeah. And 
you know, that's where most of the triggers come from. It's like with my accident. People were surprised that I could drive so quickly afterwards. I got in the car as soon as I was able to and drove. Yeah. Didn't have a problem. Yeah. But every once in a while, some car comes drifting over, and there's a little bit of a yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. not it's not like it's not. Because like, it happened to you later in life, it may not be as strong, but you still yeah. have something. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I've well, see, keep in mind, I've been in a few accidents in my time, and I have never feared for my life, even this accident. Uh-huh. One time I feared for my life was the breathing issues I had. I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't breathe. Oh, that's horrifying. And I live alone. Yeah. And I'm like, luckily, I don't panic. Do you think this is how it ends? Well, there was part alone. Yeah, and and (laughs) naked. I feel like this is going to suck, And naked. I sleep naked, so I was like, oh, Oh, shit. Jesus, Gio. (laughs) By this old hairy guy naked on the floor, you know. (laughs) Uh, but but you know, the thing was, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I don't I don't panic. Right. I don't know why. I just don't. Uh-huh. And so I'm in my head. I'm going through. You know, I'm trying to breathe, and thinking, okay, nine one one is useless because by the time they get here, it'll be too late. Uh-huh. Okay, I have a nebulizer, so I have to get my nebulizer, put the liquid in, put the thing on, start breathing, and then I grab my O2 sensor to put it on. At that point, after doing all that stuff. My oxygen O2 level was 77. Wow. Anything below 93 and they put you on oxygen. Whew. Okay. So, yeah, that was the, that's probably the closest I've had to thinking I'm going to die. Yeah. What thoughts were going through your head? Or was it just like, I got to get the nebulizer? The biggest thought going through my head is, oh, my God, my daughters are going to f- not tear for me. They're going to come here. They're going to come find me naked on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't want my daughters to find me dead, naked on the floor. I don't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like an E. True Hollywood story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, nobody. Nobody don't, wants to find me naked on the floor. I don't Trust want to me. Do <laughs> you think God's real? Five minutes. He doesn't want to. <laughs> you don't believe in God? No, no. I thought you said. Do you want to think God will find me naked on do the floor? Do you think God is real? Well, here's the thing. I like religion. People I'm not. Me. I'm not a very religious person. Uh-huh. Okay, my problem is not with religion. My problem is with religious institutions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's say I'm of the mindset that God doesn't exist. Okay. Big Bang theories are how they started, right? Mm-hmm. Where did the gases come from? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Something had to start something. Yeah, I mean, so, to me, the Big Bang, back when I was. Uh, very much involved with church and as a kid the Big Bang to me wasn't necessarily an argument against right. the creation story it's just it was actually it. an argument for it yeah. because before Big Bang was consensus I think the universe it was just assumed it was always around and that's kind of yeah. like okay you know but if if time exists there was a beginning and that's the same thing well here here's it I actually <laughs> I actually reconciled creation and evolution yeah me too Okay, I was in Kentucky at the Kentucky Horse Farms. Uh-huh. Okay, and there's an old joke. Man is talking to God. He says, "God, what's a million dollars to you?" God says, "A penny." He says, "God, what's a million years to you?" He says, "A second. He says, "God, can I have a million dollars?" He says, "Sure, give me a second. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm in the Kentucky Horse Farms, and they have the evolution of the horse. They have a very rough, drawn horse here, and a beautiful uh, drawing of a horse here over time I thought about it how long would it take God to draw a horse a couple seconds 
two million years. There you go. There's yeah. your evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I gotcha. do, do you know the Scopes Monkey Trial? Yes. Inherit the Wind talks about the Scope Monkey's Trial and the, the prosecutor, uh, the lawyer is talking to the theologist. Um, he says, you know, God created the world seven days. Mm-hmm. That first day, there was no sun and the moon. So there was no reference to time. Could that first day have been 25 hours? He said, could have been. Could have been 20 million years. Yeah. And that right there is like, well, yeah, so that fits. And again, the whole second thing. Right. You know, God says a day. Well, yeah, that first day, we we don't know how long that day was to him. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And it doesn't need to be read. It's it's not even the structure of the text. I feel like the text is like in, in narrative form or like poetry in places. Well, and, and it's it's art. Thing. Art is not, um, it can be, art can be deeply true without John, being a textbook. Yeah. The book of John almost did not make it into the Bible, but Songs of Solomon did. Sex book, so you know, you hot gotta, and heavy songs of yeah. Solomon. You got you got to wonder you know, who who made that decision. You know, mm-hmm. it's like well, God made this. No, a person, a man made that decision mm-hmm. who said he was inspired by God. But then again, I know people who say they were inspired by God to kill people. Yeah, you know for sure. So you it, gotta it, have faith. Yeah, yeah. Let's find that, definitive proof, and then we know it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. Is is it's it's all about if you look at any religion. I don't know of any religion that promotes you killing people. Yeah. Yet, one of the biggest rationales for killing people is religion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the religion. It's the the religious institutions and the people that are using that. It's like dogma when you, like, believe that uh, set of, like, bullet points. And anybody who doesn't believe that exact set of bullet points is the enemy. Therefore... And that's not the point at all yeah. to me. Politics is the same. Friend, a friend of mine was actually at that point was thinking about being a priest, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the, you know the Bible has to be taken literally. And I said, "So, what happened with Jonah? You know the story of Jonah? Yeah. What happened to Jonah? He was swallowed by a, a big fish. Exactly. What fish is big enough to fall? Pretty rough, and it is fish." Yeah. It doesn't say whale. Right. Most people say Jonah was swallowed by the whale and say, no, that's a mammal. That's a not fish. a fish. Right. I yeah. Know. yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, if you take it literally, it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Take it literally. It's like it's uh, Jonah was out on a binge night at the dock and smelled like fish, came home and said, uh, I was swallowed by a fish, you know. Yeah. But. And Jonah is actually a beautiful story about, uh, you know, running from, you know, obligations or your true destiny yeah. and that it doesn't work out. Yeah. You got to go to the depths. And be uh, oh yeah, and see it's it, it, back up. It, it's all about you know it's allegory, right? You know, and allegory metaphor. is more powerful than the literal yeah. story being true anyway. Yeah. And, and then you've got then you've got the whole uh, interpretation issue. Mm-hmm. The uh, Christian science scientists have a book as thick as the Bible mm-hmm. on every book of the Bible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, as I, one of my clients, and she had a bookshelf, and the whole width of the bookshelf yeah. was the Bible, broken yeah. down in in books from the stick. Yeah, it's. Uh, I heard somewhere the Bible is the first hyperlinked text, yeah. which means there's ref. It, it internally references itself. Yeah. Throughout, yeah. so if you connected all the hyperlinks, it creates this really crazy image 
um, of like the beginning connecting to the end and connecting to like it's, yeah. it looks like this crazy web of. Well, you think about this. Most of the books of the Bible were written 30 some years after they happened. At least. Can you remember what happened 30 some years ago in great detail? No. Exactly. Now, can you remember 30 days ago in great detail? <laughs> yeah. I was four. <laughs> yeah. Don't really remember. Yeah. But I mean, even 10 years ago, you know, it's, it, that kind of detail they have. No, you know, no. so you're going to fill that story. Mm-hmm. I know bullet points. I'm going to fill in the details. Mm-hmm. The details are probably not accurate. You know? yeah. 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 And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to come back and say, this has to be taken as literal. No, no. Come on. You yeah. Guys. Yeah. Well, Gio, we almost got to get to comedy. <laughs> here. We do, yeah. Anything else you want to cover? You also, uh, uh, Post Boiler Room, yeah, and uh, that's your show. Yeah, I, pr- I produce that show. Yeah. You produce that? Sh- yeah, that's the word. Produce. Yeah, <laughs> show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you had me on one time. I loved it. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, we have uh, Ryan Cox is ho- is headlining uh, tomorrow. Okay, this won't come out tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't care. I'm just talking. But it's it's a regular show. Yeah, first so, Friday of every month. First Friday of every month. Um, if you follow Geo and uh, um. Button down comedy. I yeah, I love that room. It was so cool. Yeah. You know, audience attendance is hard. I think because you know, it's not a separate establishment. Yeah, you have, to, you have a, to drive the the business to it as right. opposed to you have people that are going to be there. Right, for sure. Yeah. But uh, great room. Anything you want to say about that show besides? Uh, no, I think I think we're gonna have a good turnout this time. We've got a lot of people saying they're coming. Okay. Uh, we're gonna have to hang flyers up to, tomorrow because somebody tore down almost all the flyers yesterday. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Vandals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Button down comedy. So yeah, uh, before we go, you want to promote all your stuff? Uh, um, Geo, uh, uh, Geo W on uh, oh, comedy Geo W on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. Um, and I think TikTok it's just Comedy Geo. Okay. Are you still doing the online shows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second and fourth Fridays we're still do, we're doing those. And those are through Button Down Comedy as well. Yeah. And how do those work? I, I um, remember we did one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pre- getting the audience on those is 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 rough. I had uh, last the last one I I was not able to host, so I had Chris host it. He had technical problems getting into my account. So we lost some of our audience because they went to my room and there was nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Virtual shows, brutal. During, during the pandemic, I was doing four a night. Yeah, so I got a lot of, of practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just into the void. Yeah, there were, there were a lot people of people come off mute. And there were a lot of comedians that did nothing during the pandemic. Yeah, and so they came back really rusty. Uh huh. For sure, they didn't even write. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, sure. I'm glad I did that because it, it was something to do, and it also helped me hone my hone my skills. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for coming on, man. It's no been uh, it's it was been fun. A, yeah, it's been a pleasure. How long did we go? Hour forty four. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a long there, episode. There'll be some trimming. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't trim any of no? it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you know, do a little clip or something. But, uh, but yeah, so, this so, was fun. So just watch it on one and a half speed. <laughs> yeah, watch it sped up. That way you can have two chipmunks talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, check Gio out, follow him, check him out on stage, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. All I heard was the shoot toe tap. All I heard was the shoot toe tap.